Good day, good night, shalom, balance, paradise, all welcome back. CFR News in the Lab. And it's a uh, an interesting time we're in at the moment. It's a, a very uh, cold time uh, in the UK currently and potentially going to get colder. Some interesting times. I've got a special guest with me, uh, Jeffrey Wilson from the, uh, it's a conspiracy farm, isn't it? It is the conspiracy farm. That's it. For some reason, I had a, a, a brain blank then. I was thinking, is it conspiracy what? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the broadcaster, um, Jeffrey. How are we doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate the invite. It's um, long overdue, sir. Long overdue. I have been meaning to uh, to reach out to, uh, to to get you onto the broadcast to uh, to enlighten some of the uh, the uh, siblings and and listeners to uh, your journey and your story and a, a little bit into the uh, the JW world kind of thing. <laughs> For sure. Definitely. So uh, before we even, before we start, as I've been doing with what's going on, the current zombie apocalypse, <laughs> like, ah, trustfully, you haven't been too affected by this, but like, like paint a vivid picture if you can. So how, how, how has um, 2020 been treating you? Uh, 2020 has absolutely taken no prisoners, man. And I know I'm not the only one. Um, it, it's as somebody who's kind of had my toe in this world of conspiracy and, you know, kind of what we're dealing with, you just never, you never realize how bad it could get until it kind of actually happens. And we're in the midst of I mean, one of the most crazy times in human history. I know there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on, but I'm no different than anybody else, man. You know, one of my jobs just closed down, you know, just trying to get through everything and, <clears throat> excuse me, seeing everything, you know, closing down here again in the U.S. I'm kind of out here in the rural areas in Missouri, so it's it's less affecting me, but the county that I'm in just, you know, did the mask mandate. And it's, you know, just, I'm literally trying to just stay sane in absolutely insane times. <laughs> Very eloquently put, I think, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah. It's um, challenging to say the least, just trying to navigate, um, maybe just doing some grocery shopping, for instance, you know, I mean, luckily, without I have... Being, without being accosted by a professional well, Karen, of course, if you happen to not have your face diaper on, you know, that is the point I was just about to make. I mean, <laughs> I haven't, I luckily haven't been subjected to such horrors, but I've been hearing of recent, you know, associates and friends saying, yeah, I've been to a place, you know, to a, a well-known superstore and not the staff. It was people swearing at me. How come you haven't got a fucking mask on? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whoa, like, are you serious? Like, yeah, I, I was shocked. I, you know, I didn't do anything. I just came into the place and. Yeah, well, in, in, in part of, well, some of the delicious irony in some of the interactions I've had is I've had, and this isn't fat shaming by any stretch. I'm, not, I'm just saying this was the nature of the beast. A really, you know, large woman, one of the last people, she was morbidly obese coming up telling me I need to have my mask on for health reasons. And I'm like, you apparently should never, ever in your life ever say anything to anyone ever about doing things for health reasons, because that's clearly not a priority for you. So it's just, you know, some of the just irony and the hypocrisy. You got Dr. Fauci over here in one <laughs> breath saying you don't need a mask and then you got to have a mask. I mean, it's um, obviously there's more, I think, to all of this, mm -hmm. but it's just uh, it's just frustrating, man. It's just frustrating. 
definitely definitely i mean do you think based upon your um your research and what you've experienced do you think there is actually um some form of virus that is out there i do i do and it's um <clears throat> excuse me um i don't have corona i promise <laughs> I, it's it, it there is i mean i i personally think there's multiple strains um, it's affecting everyone so differently. I know the age demographic and comorbidities play a role and stuff like that too, but it just, to me, it seems like there's just more than just the one Rona virus going around. Um, and, you know, there's just so much to this, but when you extrapolate it, you know, the mask, in my opinion, are just the beginning of this kind of um, almost China style you know, technocracy, We're, the technocracy down the road, but the, the masks are just the beginning. You can't come in the store unless you have a mask on. You can't do this unless you have a mask on. The government may not make it mandatory and physical, like, hey, you have to have this. We're going to come do this. Mm. But you're not going to be able to operate in society later on down the line without your vaccine. You know, you got over here in the States, you got Ticketmaster, and they've kind of pulled back on it. But that's going to be the new the new thing. You can't go to school. You can't ride public transportation. You can't do this unless you have proof of a vaccine. And this is all, in my opinion, lending itself to the larger Great Reset, mm -hmm. as Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum has called it. Um, this, is, this, is, this is just the beginning of something that has been planned out for a very, very long time. And I call it basically a eugenics-based, technocratic, transhumanist, authoritarian agenda. I know that's a mouthful, but it's, it, that's... It, that's yeah. it, it encapsulates the whole of what we have been privy to if you've um, done the research I looked at some of these papers that these um, committees are writing and are publishing freely so you can look at the you know some of these these agendas that are, that are being put forth you can read some of the books that they've, 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 they've written and authored yes. um, and then we can even look at we can even dumb it down a little bit and we can look at the entertainment that's being brought forth in respect to movies and sitcoms and stuff and it, the predictive programming is rife yeah totally well, rife. That's, yeah when you know the whole <clears throat> excuse me pfizer having you know we all know not all of us but we all kind of have realized that vaccines take years to make and here they had something pumped out in less than a year eight or nine months clearly there was some pre-knowledge of this event. And when people just say, oh, this happened out of the blue, no. The World Economic Forum, Johns Hopkins, Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation did the, what they call Event 201, mm -hmm. which was basically the war game of all of this. And of course, at the same time on Netflix, there was a docu-series called Surviving the Pandemic done by Bill Gates and his TED Talks talking about this. So, I mean, they, this was definitely not something that just came out of nowhere. But Jeffrey, you, you can't say <laughs> these things because you, you can't say these things because what you've got to take into consideration, number one, that we're not doctors, remember? We don't have that those um, stethoscopes and those white gowns on. You know, we don't have those, you know, possession of those costumes, number one. And number two, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the whole world... The whole world of, of, of doctors and scientists, they've all got together on this. This just oh, yeah. this wasn't just like um, biotech or Mertech and Pfizer, etc. This was the whole world, Jeffrey. And the whole yes. world said, you know what? This is so serious. 
with you know cancer's not you know that's cancer's kind of it's kind of serious but not that serious <laughs> aids is kind of serious but you know it's not that serious um you know not nearly as serious as a virus that if you get your 99 point whatever percent mm. going to survive and if you know people want to i don't know how it is over there but in the united states one of the leading causes of death over almost all illnesses is people under the care of those guys with the stethoscopes and the white coat taking the prescription that's been given to them you know or, or whatever it is dying under doctor's care is one of the leading causes of death here in the united states so and that's the, that's the other thing we're <clears throat> We're, we're all pretty, you know, not slaves to authority, but kind of are. We're all kind of raised to respect our elders, respect people in certain positions. And they've weaponized that against us pretty much. Now it's like the doctors are completely infallible. What do you want to do? Kill grandma, kill grandpa, et cetera. And, you know, the social engineers, they're masters at trauma-based, um, whatever the term is, kind of trauma-based. Mind control? Of sorts, right? You know, after 9-11... That was like a wicked, horrible day that we all witnessed on live TV. So we were willing to give up any rights whatsoever. Just don't make that happen again. And so here we are again, you know, um, a public health threat, an invisible enemy, almost like terrorism. We gave up all these rights for this invisible enemy. And here we are 20 years later giving up more rights for this invisible enemy with no end in sight. And of course, I, you know, that's by design. <laughs> But again, it's it sucks, man, because you have so pe so many people who I think are genuinely well-intended, but through, I mean, the word is ignorance, right? It's yes. be, ignorance means being uninformed through that lack of information and lack of critical thinking. They're just willing to accept whatever narrative is given to them by these people in authority, because of course they've never lied to us before. And so that is like a big linchpin in how this is allowed to play out. People's acquiescence. Mm -hmm. Is, is what's allowing to this, this to pro proliferate so much. And, you know, the numbers, we hear how the numbers are cooked and, you know, the number of people who die actually from COVID is a rather small number as opposed to the comorbidities, but still, people just ignore the 99 point whatever percent survival rate. They're just, and then again, it's like now this, now this vaccine, which is I think 90% effective. Why do I need to take a, a, a vaccine for 90% effectiveness for a virus that's 99% survivable? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> and it sucks. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying <clears throat> this isn't real and people aren't being affected by it because they are. Mm -hmm. And condolences for anybody's family who's had to deal with this. But unfortunately now, the cure has become worse than the disease. Well, it's <laughs> over in um, the brains of the beast where I am currently. Um, they are touting numbers of 95% um, rather than the 90%. And they're saying that um, it's going to help everybody, basically. And it's, it has to be stored under a temperature of 70, yeah. minus 70 degrees. And it can't be moved and transported more than four times. They plan on vaccinating the whole of... Um, frontline workers i.e like nurses etc so they're yeah. going to be the first ones to get it and then they're going to go move down the vulnerability so the elderly people so yeah. the numbers of vaccines that they have isn't going to cover number one the, the, the first line of defense the frontline workers number two we know this is a two-shot 
kind of thing, isn't it? And yes. it's not done consecutively. It's done within a 20, well, after 28 days, I'm, I'm hearing this fluctuated numbers. I've heard initially it was up to 28 days that within that period. And now I'm hearing after 28 days, you would go back for your second injection. Um, Isn't that that zombie movie, 28 days or yes. 28 days or something? Like, yeah, interesting. Mm, that 28 days. Um, <laughs> but then again, so this week um we've actually they're actually injecting people with this now in 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 birmingham birmingham uk they're actually injecting people they've, they've set up today there's been some mass uh, reports and well uh, marketing that's the best way to put it in regards to test centers that have been set up that are going to be open seven days a week and these test mm-hmm. centers surprisingly they're, te- they're for people who aren't showing any symptoms, who aren't ill, but just want to get tested. Well, yeah, so we can keep those numbers of cases up. The cases, oh my God, the cases, regardless yeah. of the fact that 99% are gonna survive, the cases, the cases. That's the other thing, like the inversion of reality to some degree, it's like, how, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I guess we're all prepared to just live in this riskless society you know, we're all going to die of something, right? I mean, yes. and again, this is not something Ebola or you're bleeding out of your eyes or anything like that. It's like this, you have more of a chance of getting in an accident, car accident when you hop in your car and drive, or any number of things, right? I mean, the people have shown the numbers of how many people die from this or that over the years, and they don't shut down a country or a planet, you know, economic or the middle class and economies across the world aren't collapsing off of tuberculosis deaths or influenza deaths, but for some reason, this one is, you know, mm. we got to shut it all down for the old Rona. It, and it, it's, it's, it's baffling. It's baffling, really, because as you said, that, you know, I mean, do you remember growing up in like in the 80s and stuff and it, when AIDS and HIV first came out? That was, that was oh, yeah. frightening based upon what the media was saying. And you, yeah. you can't drink from the same glass and sitting down on toilet seats and all kind of stuff. And they made a little <laughs> industry about this stuff. And you'd, you'd think based upon, you know, what the, the, the evil of what that was and how that was promoted, that they would be throwing everything into, you know, let's stop the world for that. But yeah. it, it, it just doesn't add up. And the people, it's like, it well, should we question this? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, you can't question anything. Well, and again, there's that like mass Stockholm syndrome. People, we've been lied to so many times by, you know, governments throughout the world, your government, our government. And the weird thing over here with this thing called the National Defense Authorization Act, I mean, they've been propagandizing us for years, right? But it's been illegal. Now it's actually legal for the U.S. government to propagandize its citizens. So it's like any news outlet, anything you see, it's like they could just be saying anything. And, you know, like I said, people's kind of slave to authority and lack of critical thinking. They just take it and just eat it up. And almost like you were alluding to, if you question it, my God, Mm. (laughs) how dare you question, you know, anything. And it's, and like you said, none of this adds up and none of this adds up. And a good friend of mine, Sam Tripoli, posted something on Twitter not so long ago. And it was like, this is all part of the design of the PSYOP, if you will, where you'd have no idea what the fuck is going on. Mm. You know, you don't know which way you're going. Up is down, down is up. And it's like a mass MK Ultra, if you will, job that they're doing on everyone to kind of hypnotize us into this state of complete acquiescence. Well, based you, off fear, you know, I mean, the fear-based traumas or the it's 
Mm. It's crazy and it's working. <laughs> and it's but working. it is, it is, think about it. Let's let's rewind back time back to when uh, March and then we had uh, the UK locked. I can't even remember when it was. I think it was like a, a very early March. Every day there was a, a, a sort of a press conference from the, the, the prime minister. Yeah. Everyone was rushing home because I wanted to know what was going on. How is this going to affect my life? As we know, that, that little box that we that most people sit in front of, it has a flicker rate, and that flicker oh, yeah. rate puts people into a trance, right? This yeah. is this isn't this isn't make believe, this isn't, you know, this is proven fact. Yes. So for the people who aren't necessarily um, <sighs> utilizing left and right brain and, and utilizing critical thoughts. They're just in a trance totally. They're dribbling out their mouth. They're like, oh, okay, we've got a social distance. Hey, uh, love, we, we, uh, we've got to sleep in, uh, in separate beds today because uh, this corona thing, and I better put a mask on. That's what they're saying. It's yeah. the, the, constant, the constant fear porn that they've been pumping out. They've been pumping it out. People have been glued to the television, to the television, because they want to know, how is this going to affect my life? How can I move forward? Is it, you know, will I have a job left? What's going on with the economy? You know, people are watching to find out how they can then maneuver. So with all of that going on, they could have slipped in some additional little bits of um, flickerate to do, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to make people a little bit more malleable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's all of that. And this combination of all of these things, whether it's proper overt propaganda, flicker rates, you know, the, the mind fucking that's going on. And it's just, it's through the, it's absolutely through the roof. And it's all combining to make this like, again, it's here in the state. And it's a little bit of everywhere, I think. I was at the grocery store, they got arrows <laughs> where you can walk and don't, you know, stand here and don't walk here. I mean, it's almost like this Pavlovian, like dog training. And it's, <clears throat> I don't know if you know who Edward Bernays was. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was like, you know, the founder of modern day PR and marketing and all that other stuff. I mean, he was able to utilize just basic human instincts to, to effectively market people. The wanting to belong, the wanting to be cool, wanting to be in a group and all that, you know, that's, you know, I want to be like Mike. If I buy some Jordans, I'll be able to jump like Mike. <laughs> and th- he, they've now utilized that just the basic human instincts now with our digital footprint. I'm sure you've probably seen that movie Social Dilemma on Netflix if you haven't. It's, it's worth checking out. I mean, I, I got some <clears throat> certain issues with it. But at the end of the day, through the social engineering, just understanding who we are intrinsically, psychologically, et cetera, mixed with our digital footprint, they know exactly who we are now, better than almost how we know ourselves. You know, they know we're going to go watch whatever at 6.30 every night or buy this food or all of it. So they know exactly who we are. So they, they can so yeah. effectively mm-hmm. market to us and mind fuck us. Mm. It's, I, it's beyond belief, you know. I, and so many, bent, well, so many people have willingly given up. I mean, think about when Facebook first started and the social medias first started. People were putting apps and they'll still do it. They've got their, 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 all their photographs their parents, their children, their whole house, yeah. the inside of their yeah. house, what they're eating. There's like a daily yes. like transcript of, I've just woke up, I've got on the bus and you know, and yeah. it's absolutely, <laughs> it's their whole life. And then they go yes. on holiday and then they get home and then the house has been burgled. <laughs> well, and it's, it's one of those, it's yeah, no, you're exactly right. I remember back in the day where if you and I were talking and you heard somebody like listening to us, you're like, oh, excuse me, can I help you? Mm. You know what I mean? This is me and my friend having a conversation. Go fuck yourself. Now we just got 
diarrhea of the mouth and the fingertips. We're just saying everything. Like you said, here I am. I'm at this restaurant. I'm about to go to the Bahamas tomorrow. I mean, it's just, it's the complete inversion of what we used to have as far as this kind of like some sense of privacy that we would give ourselves. Now we're just like, like you said, we just have to tell everybody everything we're doing. And whether we realize it or not, that's creating a, a digital footprint that as this technocracy grows and we move into this next phase of, I don't even want to call it humanity even more because they're trying to remove that with this whole transhumanist agenda. Mm. It's, it's a brave new world, man. Aldous Huxley said yes. it in the 60s. And he said in a video I, I often post, we're going to get to a point where we're going to demand our enslavement. We're going to fight for our enslavement. Mm -hmm. And when you start taking these things away, my phone or whatever, we will fight to have those back. And that's, again, that's, that's a slow roll that makes that happen, man. Almost, I mean, I'm sorry to be jumping around, but like Yuri Bezmenov with the ideological subversion of what's been happening in this country, the first process, which is demoralization, takes like 10 to 15 years. And we, that's the thing with us, man, as human beings, we live in this like ADD mm. world, day to day, moment to moment. You know, we, we watch 30 minutes of whatever news show and we think we're informed when in fact, these engineers of society, they're planning 10, they're planning generations ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, people don't get that. I know they've demonized the term conspiracy theorists or whatever, but this is a fucking long chess game. Not, not even checkers. It's not shoots and ladders like or Candyland or whatever the fuck people are playing. This is a long well thought out engineered chess game that is you know at this point like i said uh trying to get rid of human beings and humanity and bring in this whole great reset fourth industrial revolution which is we're not even i mean honestly like look at the last year our country our world is almost unrecognizable yeah think about what's going to happen in like three to five more years it's i mean as some people I'm sorry to bounce around still, but Elon Musk was on uh, Joe Rogan talking about his Neuralink, <laughs> and they were selling it like it's so dope. Man, if you got Alzheimer's, you're going to have your memories yeah. back, and if you're a paraplegic, you'll be able to walk again. Mm. So they sell it like it's so dope and so efficient when it's it's a slippery slope into something that we won't even, again, we won't even fucking recognize ourselves here pretty soon. And, and we'll all just... Uh, You'll, you'll have some resistance, as we're seeing already, but overall, like I said, since they've been planning this forever, and it's almost that boiling, boiling frog metaphor, or Aldous Huxley, I mean, we're just going to love it. We're going to eat it up. We're going to demand it. Well, they're doing it already. The people are demanding. I mean, I, I, I try and listen to I don't watch... Um, the 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 box as much I, I tend to listen to to like the talk radios uh locally yeah. and national so i like to listen to the pulse of what the actual people or who are yeah. allowed to, to be on the radio let's put it that way and um obviously generally it's from what i'm hearing they're allowing 60 percent of the popular to come on and say yeah i want it yesterday i will actually pay money for this vaccination i just want to get back on with my life yeah yeah and then the other percentage, the 40, they're coming on and they are stating the most commonsensical things you could you could ever think of. And it's like, yeah, you you raised some good points. Um, yes, it has taken a year for this, this, super, this super vaccination to come out. And we, we, they've said that they know about the long-term effects of, um, of what this vaccination can do. But, <laughs> How on earth could you do that within a year? Do they have some kind of special technology that we're, we're not privy to? Like, you know, 
Well, no, and again, that goes back to one of my original points. Like, they knew this was coming. Pfizer had that shit ready. Moderna had that shit. I mean, because you just, I mean, come on, man. This new revolutionary RNA vaccine never been seen before. Yeah, we pumped it out in fucking six, eight months. I mean, would you would you buy a car that they did a rush job on? Would you jump out of a fucking plane with a parachute that somebody packed it in a hurry? I mean, it's just like, why would you trust shooting something in your fucking arm? I mean, look at even the influenza, the flu vaccine. That's hugely ineffective. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it's like now, again, that fear-based trauma, people are almost just like, just walk, yes, putting their arm up, yes, do it. Like you said, so I can just get back to my fucking life. When, you know, Bill Gates, I saw a video the other day, He's like, I don't even know if this shit's going to work. <laughs> I don't even know if it's going to be effective. And then you got Cuomo in, in, in New York. Like, no, we're not going back to normal. Who, even if you do get the vaccine. And Fauci, like, yeah, even if you get the vaccine, people are still going to have to wear masks. They're still going to have to socially distance, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like, this is just phase one, man. And I don't, <laughs> doing the show, I get hit up with stuff a lot. You know what I mean? And you got to definitely have your thinking cap on because this whole you know, they're putting nano shit in the oh. vaccines and they're going to hijack your brain. I mean, it's 2020. And I mean, not even that. It's anything's fucking possible. That Lieber guy who got arrested in Harvard working with the Chinese, that was his thing, like vaccines and nanotechnology. So I don't know, man. I really don't know. Between like Elon Musk, Neuralink and all this other stuff, anything is freaking possible. And to kind of discount it out of hand because that goes against not yours, but people's normalcy bias or confirmation bias is just dangerous because... I was talking to a friend last night, man. People don't get how wicked, how truly wicked some of these motherfuckers are, man. And it's it's a beautiful thing almost. It's a testament to their humanity of like, wow, I could never see that happening. Well, that's a beautiful thing because your mind doesn't work that way. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing, but some people's mind does. And it's... <laughs> but you, you hit a key point there. It's, it's for, for most sensible people who may have a little bit of wickedness in them, but as far as doing the, the level of debauchery and, and, and depravity which they're, they're, they've unleashed upon the world, most people, it's like, why on earth would we do that? Like, no, yeah. no. Why, no, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do anything like that. No, we may kill a, a couple criminals or something like that, but no, we're not going to do anything that's going to affect the whole world and and and, and, and depopulate. Yeah. yeah, even though they've been talking about it forever. You know, but it's it, that's the thing with me, man. As a kid, you know, I started down this whole whatever, just questioning things. As a kid, 15, 16 years old, I remember one night watching this documentary on on uh, the JFK assassination. So that just sent me down a huge rabbit hole for years. You know, I just that's where it really started for me. But once it really resonated with me that fuck, dude, these guys publicly executed our president sitting next to his wife, yeah. blew his head off in mm. broad fucking daylight and then fed us this nonsense about this guy who supposedly did it with a shitty rifle. And so me as a kid, I was like, oh, my. I mean, that really made me start questioning everything. Like, if they could do that to him as our president and lie about it, anything's on the table. Anything is on the table. So that's where my, like, uh, I don't even know. My barometer was just, like, every question every fucking thing, man. Because yeah. this is... But again, as a kid, I mean, I don't know why that resonated with me as a kid, but as grown adults, people, like I was saying earlier, the, they've been lied to over and over and over again, but they're still willing to listen and believe what, what people are telling them. And again, I think this a lot has to do with, like I said, our being raised to respect doctors. Hey, they got white coats on and mm -hmm. authority. You know what I mean, the, any authority figure, we're just kind of supposed to accept that, which again, it's please just still do that, but also have some level of critical thinking and respect yourself enough to like, 
yeah, I'm questioning what you're saying. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, I don't know if you have any kids, but you know, I got, you know, whatever I got kids and you know, my older one's 23 now, but back in the days, like, Hey, I'm going to stay at such and such's house. Um, is her parents there? Like what's going like, yeah, just question shit. I mean, I had some, maybe a horrible metaphor or analogy, but people just didn't apologize for questioning shit. Not at all. Again, it's it's your right. It's your right. If you are not, if you're not certain, if you're unsure, if you just want reassurance, everybody should be entitled to ask that question. And you, as someone asking the question, shouldn't be demonized. You shouldn't be shunned. You shouldn't be made no, to feel just, like yeah. an outcast. Well, people people were more apt to go get a fucking second opinion on whether their brakes are out or their exhaust is out, and they're going to pay six hundred dollars. They'll get a second opinion there. But when a second opinion on things we're talking about. Oftentimes, and I'm not saying everyone, because I know there's a lot of critical thinkers out there, but a lot of people who just accept these narratives and the notion of questioning it is just, it's just, a, you know, what are you, an Alex Jones or whatever that term, you know what I mean? They just, and that's what we set out to do with the conspiracy farm. In our first episode, <clears throat> I'm like, if you don't see that conspiracies are everywhere, yeah, not all of them are real, but it's just like, if, from the Gulf of Tonkin that got us into the Vietnam War and 58,000 Americans plus died and millions of Vietnamese, that was all based off a fucking lie. And you could just go through time and time and time again where we've just been lied to and conspiracies are real. So Operation we tried to Northwoods. Do, Northwoods, name it. Fucking every war <laughs> in the 20th century from the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, Persian Gulf War, Iraqi freedom, the war in Syria, it's all been based off bullshit and lies. And it's easily provable. So what we tried to set out to do is kind of redefine that term conspiracy because, you know, starting, I think, with the Kennedy assassination, they started demonizing people who questioned that event. And it's, you know, transcended and cascaded into where we are now. Where, like well, we're saying, well, if you question. Wasn't that where that came into the lexicon, where the FBI came in and said, utilize that, that word if anybody questions this, yeah. this, this assassination? Yeah, yeah. And it, it yeah. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate. I mean, you're not going to save everybody. Not everybody's going to get it. But to me, it just seems like so much of this shit is just so overt and blatant. And it's... You know what it is? You know what it is? <laughs> they live. We found that, yeah, that no, little absolutely. box. We found the uh, box yes. and we got them shades on, my, And we can well, and see... It's, it's, oh, the Matrix, dude. The Matrix. The Matrix is a fucking documentary. That's not a fucking motion picture. They've inverted reality on top of They've created a false reality on top of reality. And, you know, like you were saying, most people just want to, like Cyrus, I think his name was, he just wants to taste that steak. Oh, my, I know the steak isn't real, but it tastes great. And this is my life. Most people, and again, that's why I have such issue with quote unquote patriots here in this country. You know, they're all out in the woods, fucking second amendment and guns. And if they come and try to take it, blah, 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 the constitution, the constitution. I'm like, well, listen, fucking chief. They've been using the Constitution for toilet paper for fucking decades, if yeah. not longer. Like I was saying, the beginning of the Spanish-American War started with the sinking of the Maine. That was bait. That was horseshit. We knew yeah. it was in, 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 the long list, but it's almost a symbolic. The Boston Tea Party. With, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's so extremely tribalistic and playing their role, like LARPing and shit. You know, I, I, not to get too deep into humanity, but we all need some kind of organizing narrative, whether it's politics or religion. And we just run with it sometimes, just blindly not even question it because we're so busy playing the role. When I talk about patriots here on our show and on the show, it's just like, and I'm not advocating violence. I'm just asking people to <clears throat> put their money where their mouth is necessarily. And again, I don't mean go shoot shit up, but if you're fucking, if you're, if you're waiting for a tyranny 
like I just said, 55 fucking years ago, plus they blew our president's head off in broad fucking daylight. You know what I mean? It's like the die has been cast. We know we've been lied to. Tyranny is here and it's been here. So instead of going around just like playing cosplaying of sorts, patriots, again, I'm not saying this to advocate violence, but put your money fucking where your mouth is. Let's hold these fucking people to task. Accountable. Have them be accountable. Absolutely. And that's the thing we talk about all the time. There's just none. And even what's going on with this um, vote count and the fraud and election fraud, I think this is all still part of the PSYOP. I think Trump is just as fucking deep into the shit as everybody else. And they're drawing this out, creating, you know, you get people into more groups division. and you play those groups off against each other. It's more division. Yeah. And this is just an extension. Sidney Powell, all of this shit is just an extension of that Q bullshit. No one's going to come fucking save you. Trump's not going to save you. Q's not going to save you. I don't Jeffrey. care if you're religious or not. They're not going to save you. Save your fucking self. You see that Q stuff? I mean, I, I, I personally didn't invest any time into that at all. I did a, a very rudimentary search just to see, you know, if I could if I could get into it. Because I heard loads of Q, Q and R, and oh, yeah, this and yeah. that, and all of these different theories. And I thought, what's the purpose? Like, look, what is this actually doing? Like, where's the fruit from the tree being bore from, yeah. from this Q, Q yes. and R character? It's the hope porn. It's the, again, it's the same extension. All we're seeing now, all these cases, we got cases, Dominion. I mean, of course there was fucking fraud. Of course, dumbass Joe Biden stole this shit. But it's like, it, again, I think it's, I liken this whole cabal or whatever you call it, deep state. At the end of, when Trump came in, for, it reminded me of the end of the Godfather part one, the baptism scene, right? Mm. Michael's having all the old gangsters taken out to bring in his gangsters. They're all fucking gangsters, dude. Mm. If people think Trump is a fucking white hat, just, I mean, He's just a figurehead, like all presidents are. But look at who made Trump. People like Wilbur Ross, you know, Wall Street. Yeah. I mean, these are people who bailed him out to the tune of billions in the 80s, and now they're in his White House. I mean, this is all that, just that revolving door of crony capitalism and shit like that. But this notion that he's some lone, not lone gun, but like lone gunslinger coming in to take out <laughs> and drain the fucking swamp. It's, it's, it's a part of a fucking psyop. It's, it's deep hope porn. And it makes people who would normally be doing shit sit back and be like, no, yeah. no, just wait, dude, just yeah. wait. Q's got this shit. Oh, no, mm. hold on. Sidney Powell's got this shit. They don't have shit, dude. And this is all, even drawing this out is all a part of the PSYOP. To, here in the country, I think civil, when I say civil war, it's not that symmetrical civil war, North versus South, lined up on both sides. Mm -hmm. They're pushing towards a massive civil war here in this country, which is going to take place regionally, guerrilla warfare. Yeah. I mean, it's going to go down, but it's not going to take place the way we saw it before. But all of this is the part, what we're seeing here in the United States is is part of the side to get people more and more entrenched in their tribe, yes. piss people off. So when it goes fucking kinetic, mm -hmm. it goes kinetic hard. Because we just sat here this whole fucking summer, and I know you guys saw stuff in Europe here too, and too. Just the BLM just burning Bro. shit down, dude. Okay. If I was to go down the fucking street and take over my local convenience store, yep. I'd have fucking SWAT and frogmen all over my ass. These guys are able to take over swaths yeah. of territory next to police stations yeah. for days and weeks and people being shot and murdered and raped. Yeah. You Let's get knew. into it, Jeff. Listen, these, these <laughs> they, they have, they have, and I get this question when I'm, when I'm out doing my, um, my, my work and stuff. I, I have some clients and they'll, you know, I'll say, you, you know, what do you think about all this this BLM stuff? And I'm thinking, oh, you know, where, where do I go with this? You know, do, do I give them the, the a standard answer? Um, no, it's actually, I mean, it's a really kind of a simple one. And that's what the fuck I've been saying. Because it's like people get so, 
again, part of the psyop. Whether Black Lives Matter or not has absolutely nothing to do with the organization yes. known as Black Lives exactly. Matter. Nothing whatsoever. Yes. And again, I told my brother, I tell family members, they're just pimping your emotions about yeah. the woe of being a person of color. Man, fucking slavery, we have it so rough. And we could get into like shit that's fucked up. But at the end of the day, they're utilizing that to make it seem like that's the be all end all. Now yeah. somehow they give a shit. No, no. It's just, again, trying to <clears throat> play these groups off against each other for a larger, larger conflict. I mean, we've seen the fucking payrolls, man. We know who's funding this. And George Soros. Soros, among many others. And this is just a replay of fucking history. Whether it's the Bolshevik revolutions or Mao or fucking Cambodia, whether it's race or anything else, they will utilize and weaponize people's sense of disenfranchisement whether it's legit or not, and be able to use them and play them off fucking like chess pieces. And race is an absolutely perfect one oh, to use. Especially and over there in the wilderness of North America where it's so entrenched in regards to to race and, and, and the, 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 the discussion around race. I mean, yes. currently, I mean, I'm still, like, it, it blows my mind, totally blows my mind that we were in 20, 2020. And we've, we've, we've allegedly advanced so far and so fast technologically and everything else. But yet, there's still a 13th Amendment that says black folk, so-called black folk, are going to be free until they commit a crime. And if they commit a crime, they're now back into slavery. How, how, how on earth is that still a, a thing in 2020, Jeffrey? It's, I have no idea, man. It's It's... We're all fucking, none of these lives matter. I hate to go back to the JFK thing. He was part of this aristocratic fucking family, youngest president ever, white as the fucking snow, president of the United States and publicly executed in front of his wife, head blown smooth the fuck off. None of our lives matter to these people. None of them, especially like the eugenicists. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's not like just black people's businesses or fucking, or, you know, small businesses are being imploded. The whole middle class in this country is being imploded. Suicides through the fucking roof. Yes. Like, you know, kids, kids visits to the ER from child abuse. Exactly. Domestic violence is through the fucking roof. They're fucking all of us. And Jeffrey, and again, that's, that's kind of the whole thing. I'm sorry. Just to interject in regards to the, um, the domestic violence, since the latest lockdown in here in the UK, it's gone up 300% just in my local area. And that's the UK. I mean, I'm not minimizing. And that's just the UK. That's happening all over the fucking planet, dude. Again, they know who we are. And again, we're social creatures. You take that away, we get anxiety. We get fucking depressed. It compromises our immune system. They know exactly what the fuck they're doing. And again, we just keep falling for it because every... Again, it's a human nature kind of thing of the divide and conquer. Divide everybody up into groups and then play those groups off against each mm -hmm. other. It's a and game. That's just the extreme tribalist shit we have over here. It's everywhere, actually. Fuck. I mean, Rwanda, for fuck's sake. Oh, gosh. There's a killing machine for three months. Black people killing black people, Hutus and Tutsis. It had nothing to do with fucking race. It was more ethnic than tribal. But they created a killing machine with machetes where almost a million people were killed in less than three months. I mean, again, this was all fomented. It, exactly who was in the ear of somebody saying well why don't you go over there and take that land like that you know they're two different you know and again just the same same thing as gen any genocide and i say this on the show all the time and i saw this going up to 2016 because i saw how visceral the division was it's not about fucking partial birth abortion or same-sex marriage it's not about ideological differences anymore the divisions are fucking deep mm -hmm. families stopped talking marriages ended in 2016 so i saw the writing on the wall and being a history guy 
I was alive during, you know, Rwanda and I've seen Srebrenica and the different Darfur. Yeah. Genocides mm. do not happen overnight. These things are engineered over the course of years. Yes. And I would hear, I would hear the language and we hear it now. Trump supporters, they're not even fucking human. Yeah. Libtards, they're not even human. When you start using the language of seeing your, your foe as no longer a human being, mm -hmm. that's kind of where you get Rwanda, where dude's fucking neighbor, you hack up your fucking neighbor yeah. a day before. Yesterday you were barbecuing or whatever. He was your next door neighbor. And the next day you fucking hack him up with a machete. Mm. But these underlying tribal, ethnic, racial things, they just stew and stew and stew. And that's what we're looking at, a fucking powder keg. Yeah. And the recipes are all there, man. We're just waiting for that spark, which could and, be anything. And as you say, that, that you've got a, a under undertone um, of the powers that shouldn't be, who are fomenting this, who are who are putting everything to stoke this up. There's nothing. There is nothing wrong with with the with being tribal, with loving who you are, loving Absolutely. your your ethnicity, loving your your uh, your nation, your country. There's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with having pride. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. But what happens is, as you say, it gets becomes weaponized to the the point where, as you say, you've got this 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 hate group called BLM. You might as well just call it for what it is. That it's the, the, most of these things that are out. They're all hate groups. The 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 the, the alphabet. Let's just call them broadly the alphabet gangs they're yeah, all hate yeah. groups they're all pushing a, a specific agenda going back to the blm specifically that that's for people who who have a very narrow spectrum black lives matter oh does that mean that that's 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 relating to police brutality and stuff around black people and oh okay but then when you go into the website it's got no mention of the black male of the of having a, a, a nuclear family protecting mm. the black male and getting them out of prison or anything like that. It's all yeah. about women, um, lesbianism business, and or every yes. everything apart from the, the nuclear black family, which is well, the source yeah. of creating, you know, a bit more balance. So we don't have wild children running around doing all kind of madness. They've got structure well, that's what, and foundation. That's what we're talking about, man. After post-Civil War, early 1900s, and I'm not, a, I'm not super dialed in on the stats, but at the end of the Civil War and moving into in the early 1900s, poverty was almost at its all-time low. Creating generational wealth in the Black community was almost at its all-time high. I mean, you've mm -hmm. heard of Black Wall Street and this and that, but you start moving into the 60s and some of these policies of welfare, and yep. like you said, which is hugely a part of it, yeah, sweetheart, pump as many babies out you want. We'll give you all the fucking money you want, but dad can't be in the fucking house. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what started so much of this shit. Then you bring in fucking drugs. Yep. Then you commercialize the prison industry. I mean, I, I was of the age of fucking gangster rap. I bobbed my head like nobody else. Oh, yeah. But that shit was weaponized, dude. Yeah. There's no fucking accident that, even though most death is dope, tried call quest is dope, there's, there's not an accident they were pushing fucking Tupac and Snoop. And again, I love these motherfuckers, but at the end of the day, that narrative was a culture, created a culture of death that we're still fucking suffering through today. Still. And that's not an accident. That is mm. not a fucking accident. You know it isn't, you know it isn't. And, and luckily, I would imagine yourself and myself had a strong enough mind to know that, yeah, this was dope music and we know all the lyrics and we would jam it and we would bob our head, but... We're not going to try and emulate what they're doing on wax or on CD, whereas the malleable crazy, maybe the millennial, millennials onwards, will be hearing the, those lyrics, reciting them, and wanting to reenact them, if not do something well, that's, better. That's what we still saw. We still saw that in the 80s and 90s, and that was the byproduct 
of of that family unit being fucked up. Yes, I listened to that shit. I, you know, I lived in the fucking suburbs. Parents, you know, I, we, our families still had issues and shit. But at the end of the day, people were going out and emulating it because they had no real role models to tell them not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got a fucking nephew, dude, doing double fucking life because he went out and fucking did this shit. You know what I mean? Just some mm-hmm. dumb, dumb shit that cost him his fucking cost him his life. And that's penitentiaries and cemeteries are full of motherfuckers who just didn't have that self-discipline. What the fuck? You stepped on my shoe? Yeah. I know. Blang, blang, blang. My life is over now. And this person's life is over because he disrespected me. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest fucking false snares. Oh gosh. It, 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 you know, the whole disrespect and all that other shit. I don't I don't mean to get too deep into this, but like check No, your let's get ego. do it, man. Do check it, your, man. Check your fucking ego. So that someone calls you a fucking nigger. Someone says says if you are that easily thrown off by somebody's words, then you are easily manipulated. And that's what I'm saying to the point where you're willing to throw your fucking life away because somebody bumped into you, stepped into you, called you what the fuck ever. Check your fucking ego, man. Why take ownership of other people's bullshit? And that's exactly what that is. And it's not disrespect. Respect is when you fucking respect yourself enough to know, I'm not going to let my life be defined by what this person just said to me or stepping on my shoe or whatever. But unfortunately, that's, you know, post-mortem because we have so many people who are just fucking, whose lives have been ruined Mm -hmm. because of their visceral reaction to some dumb shit that if they walked away for 10 minutes, they'd be fine. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, if we we go back to our childhood, there was a, a, a rhyme that was said, and, and it was said when something used to happen and generally, you know, look, you shouldn't be hitting person, you know, what happens? Oh, they used to call me this and blah, blah, blah. And then someone... Sticks and stones, baby. Exactly. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt. So... And that's, yeah. As a that's child... Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. as a child, you're like, you know what? Yeah, that I, that does make sense, and yeah, of course, but eh, but you're not really you're not really absorbing it. Like someone said that to you, you got your friends, you got your peers. Look, he just called you a, a dickhead again, or something. Again, this, this goes back. This goes back to the fucking Bernays. Our sense of wanting to belong. Like you just said, if you're around your friends and such and such called you a punk, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm a punk. Cool. Oh man, you gonna let them punk you out like that? And the peer pressure to to stand up to supposed disrespect. Again, you wind up taking ownership of other people's shit, stoking you. Oh man, you gonna let them call you a bitch? Look, I know I'm not a bitch, dude. I don't give a fuck what he says to me, dude. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Why do I give a fuck? That that is. But people, it's again, it's reality turned upside down. It's somehow being a man and being a real fucking king is reacting to every external fucking stimuli, stimuli there is, yes that, that, that supposedly <laughs> challenges your manhood or challenge your downness or you're keeping it real and i mean again and i'm not saying oh, hip i love fucking hip-hop dude but it has a certain sect that has created a culture of fucking death man mm-hmm. i remember, death I remember culture? There, 100%. There, was a, there was a yeah no i um a movie called the show back in the 90s man it was like oh, a backstage yes. kind of thing mm-hmm. of and there was uh slick rick dude he's like this was in the fucking midnight. He's like, man, we've seen it. I know we're not having it. We're done with it. He's like, but what's next? I'm paraphrasing, but he's just like, yeah, we get it, man. Everyone in the nineties, man, we're the gangster rap is the CNN of the streets. And you're still, oh, you can't have the up without the down. You can't have the poor without the rich. I know we still have social economic problems, mm-hmm. but fuck man. Some of, so many of these cats who've made so much money off this, yes. off this industry. And it's, they're, they're sh- there should be more shit going on. And people say it's the fucking white man or whatever the fuck. Fuck that shit, dude. Since 2013, for the first time in the history of the fucking black community, they had a uh, uh, basically disposable purchasing net income of $1 trillion. Mm, mm. One fucking trillion. That builds 
schools, grocery yeah. stores, fucking, uh, you know, newspapers, radio things. So and again, I, I, we need to take responsibility as people of color, black folks, whatever you want to call it, of creating generational wealth, community wealth. The politicians will take you fucking seriously if you're not so willing to burn down your shit and you're investing in your communities. Because you know the, what I mean? Because and, the plan, a plan has been put in place, as we've highlighted, to remove fathers from the home and to break down that nuclei. We don't have we don't we don't have communities. They don't have neighborhoods. They're called hoods now, aren't they? Because yeah. there's no neighborhoods. It's a, it's just hood. Yeah. And that's that's all. I mean, again, and it's it's never frowned upon in other communities. Chinatown, Koreatown, Ukrainian village, Greek town. Mm. You have certain communities that invest in their communities and create yes. generational wealth. Black folks don't do that. And I'm not saying I'm not. I don't mean to generalize, but in certain these hoods and communities, inner city communities, I mean. It's just all fucked up. And they, I mean, like I said, dad's out of the house, but they got money to get the fucking nails done. They got a doper iPhone than I do. Or I mean, it's just like this, this misallocation. They're yeah. willing to stop motherfuckers out for Jordans. Oh, yeah. But it's like, but, but such and such can't graduate from high school. Mm. Or he does graduate from high school, but he's illiterate and can't fucking read. You know what I mean? It's just like the priorities are priorities. so fucked up. And that, that comes with just, I think, poverty and being poor, period. But as, as black folks specifically talk about it, again, one trillion a trillion dollars does a lot of fucking good in uh, communities across the country. Again, look at fucking Black Wall Street, man. There were so many millionaires and shit like that. Even Detroit before the riots. I mean, it's Detroit, it's impossible, man. Um, absolutely. Charleston, Charleston as well. There was no, North from Charleston, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Florida, Macon, Georgia, I think as well. There was there's a few bustling communities where there was you know a lot of affluent black folk doing their thing, and you know the and uh, again if we look at it if you look at the climate of what was going on over in America at that point. Um, I think there, there was still segregation going on at that point, I take it. What year? Um, that Wall Street, that was early 1900s. Uh, yeah, that was like 20, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah they, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that was yeah. like one of the most thriving areas, yeah. This is it, so if we look at it, and it, it's, it's terrible to say this, but they were almost forced into excellence without, without you know, and, until, they assassinated Martin Luther King Rising Paradise and, you know, that, who was fighting for not human rights, but yet civil rights. Right. And then we could then drink from the same fountains and all that kind of stuff. That's where we started to see the decline. It was, it was psychologically in, in, in black people's head. Why? I want more now. I want what the white folk, I want to shop where the white folks are, spend, are yeah. buying their yes. things. You know, I want to yes. eat at the nice, you know, where they go and eat now. I've always been eating with my people and I will maybe continue to do that occasionally. But I've, my chest is high now. I yeah. want to well, eat with the elites. And it's, I don't know, I don't know how to say this, but it, it becomes, you want to take on the adornments. You don't feel equal enough or good enough unless mm. you're rolling with your oppressors, quote unquote. That's why, and I don't mean to get too much flack from this for my Mexican brothers and sisters, but we know what happened with the Spanish Inquisition. You had you had native peoples, the Aztecs and things like that. When the Spanish came in with Catholicism, they fucking decimated the country, countries for hundreds of years. Now you look at so many people, like Catholicism is the is the uh, religion of the day. Everyone's got Virgin Mary's tattooed all over them. It, it creates this sign of subtle unconscious inf inferiority complex, like you said. No, I know we're making millions in our hood, but I'm really not doing it big unless I'm able to do, you know, go hang with fucking eat and drink with white folks. I mean, which again, you want to be able to, to do that. But for me, if, if I was thinking that way, it's like, I, look, I'm, I'm fucking good. I'm over here stacking millions. My community is thriving. Yeah. I, I would like to be able to go into town and fucking have dinner at such and such restaurant. 
and you know obviously you know we, that was allowed to happen but like you said integration came at the cost of of real self-sufficiency and and, and, and generational wealth creation like mm -hmm. we said to the carolinas atlanta tulsa yeah yeah it's 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 a terrible thing to say but when we look at it subjectively i mean it, it's a good thing i mean i don't you know and you've got a lot uh white nationalists i guess and they, they talk about se separation and stuff and uh, you know what's that guy's name there's a really eloquent one he's got an irritating voice um not david Duke. <laughs> which one uh there's david duke he's a quite eloquent eloquent i would say in regards to he uh, and some of his views are quite strange and stuff but i, I get what you know some of these because you would call him an extremist right Extreme, for sure yeah right former clan guy yeah this is it yeah it wanted to run didn't he want to run for for governor or something like that i yeah i think he even maybe tried to run for president here over the last 20 mm. years once or twice i don't know this is it so i don't like, follow, i know who he is but i don't i don't you know he's not yeah. necessarily my cup of tea so but i feel you. exactly so you know you've got and, and listen everybody is entitled to do that if we're not talking about harming people and you know, all that kind of stuff look you if you want to live in a little separate community by all means do it I, I, Without I've no, a doubt, I've got no problem. Yeah, yeah I, and I honestly, and I, I've always heard, and I've always thought, I respect you more if you come out and be like, "Nah, dude, I don't fuck around." Whatever it is, whether you're, you know, the some of the black supremacists kind of the guys who dress up like Power Rangers, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Hebrew or whatever, you know, they just like scourge fucking white people, and there's yeah. white people who's like, I mean, it's like you said, as long as you're, I don't, I don't give a fuck what you think i don't you know there, there are people who think professional wrestling is still real there are people who think oh the fucking God. earth is flat you know what i mean hey, I don't give jeffrey a fuck what that you think, broke dude. my heart when i found out wrestling wasn't real man when i was <laughs> you know i would argue with my my mother my two sisters look look what happened look he really punched him there and it wasn't until was yeah blood, this yeah. yeah you know it was real blood you know with their little razors they keep i mean yeah yeah i i, I fell hook line and sinker for it I, f I fell for it, and that well, was when one you're of ten. When you're fucking ten, I get it. But you know, you have people, you know, grown ass motherfuckers. And again, that's what if if you're so thrown, not you, but if people are so thrown off by what other people think or feel or say, then you're so easily manipulated. I don't give a shit what. Just don't touch me. Don't don't hurt anybody. You mm -hmm. can take your, you know, take your flat earth and go wherever with it. I don't give a shit. You can even have seminars and pack of thousands of people make money. I don't give a shit. But if when you if you start, you know, using that ideology to you know, almost like, you know, ancient, you know, not ancient, but Christianity just spreading the world. What? You don't believe? Uh, we're going to kill you. Or yeah. You better believe we're going to kill you or the Inquisition or whatever. Anything where they force the shit on you. I don't, mm. That's not cool. That's not cool. But that's, you know. Or the Salem witch, witch hunts. Yeah. 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 And, but that's the thing. Variety is the spice of life, man. And I've had so many conversations with people I don't fucking agree with. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, man, we all, you know, to quote JFK, you know, we we all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures and we're mm -hmm. all mortal. Once we have these conversations, we might disagree on certain aspects of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we have way more in common than we do different. We just have different ways that we see the fucking world. And God, heart stopper, that's okay. I know. People need to be able to see the world different than you and articulate that to you without you fucking going off and again, taking ownership of, of their life, how they see the world. Who gives a fuck? You know, I think, think it is. It's it's as you've touched on very early in, in, in the conversation, ego. People yes. don't understand how powerful ego, the ego is. They don't recognize it. They don't understand it. Um, and also with the outside of the ego, we've got an auto program character. So we, 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 we operate 
a lot of the times on autopilot, a lot of the things we say, a lot of the things we do, it's repeated, repetitive. It's just you know, like when you get in the car from where can you drive home? That's all autopilot. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's, that almost goes back to that kind of when you sit in front of the TV and you get kind of flicker rated into this kind of theta zombie mode where you're super suggestible. You're half awake, you're half asleep. Mm. You're just in this kind of zombie hypnotic state. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge, I mean, not, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor, but it's people. So again, like you said earlier, there's nothing wrong with taking pride in your ethnicity and pride in your race, et cetera, et cetera. But that is your life situation. I, that's not your life. In my opinion, our life is, you know, we're spiritual beings having this, this, this human experience. And in this particular case, your human experience is X, Y, Z guy from Birmingham, et cetera, et cetera. And we can, we can obviously learn from that. But again, people are so extremely tribal and they so define themselves by external situations. In my humble opinion, I think so much of that shit has to do with a basic fear of death. Because we all want to control our external circumstances. Oh, yeah. And when we can't, it freaks us out. And what's the biggest external circumstances that we'll never be able to control is the fact that we're all going to fucking die. Mm. So I think on an unconscious level, I think that's a lot of what we do, man. A lot of us trying to control external shit or being so visceral reactive to external shit is a huge underlying fear of not being able to control the fact that we're going to die someday. <laughs> I know that might be a leak for some people, but that's just my opinion. Well, look, it's... It's, it's something which you don't necessarily think of too much, depending on what state of mind, mentally, emotionally you, you're in. But it's something we all know. We have a, we have a start date and we have an end date, uh, yeah. depending, depending on your spiritual beliefs or whatever you believe in. In my opinion, the Most High has created, has, has, has a book. You have a book of life. You have an end date and a start date. That dash in between is you. That you having yeah. the experience, it's having the ups, it's having lows, it's having, you know, it's going through it. When that end date happens, that now again, depending on your school of thought or, or your, your verbiage, it's, we, we, currently we live in a third dimension. Looking at, if, if a fifth or fourth dimensional object entered our realm, that would be an anomaly, wouldn't it? It'd be something we wouldn't necessarily be able to you know, articulate, it, it's something strange. What, what's that? Let's say a 12th dimension object entered our realm. Again, we, we probably wouldn't even be able to see that. So again, within this vessel, this vessel that we're in, this vehicle, we have a soul and we have a spirit, again, depending on how you look at it. That's energy, that is an energy source. Yeah. Energy cannot dissipate. So this three dimension... Repeat that again, sorry. You can't destroy each one. Well, and like you were alluding to, hopefully you can hear me. Yes. Um, about energy. That, that's kind of, you know, the perception, our, our limited modes of perception, almost like a light spectrum. We can only see so many aspects of the spectrum of light, but we do know X-ray, gamma rays, infrared is out there. We just can't see them. And when you start alluding to multiple dimensions, there, there's shit going on around us right now. But through our levels of perception, we just can't see it. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I totally agree. Like chop it up again. No, no, no. No, you came through perfect. And I totally agree with that. that that's, um, 
that is the easiest way to describe it um, and to explain. Obviously, we haven't been to other dimensions yet, but clearly there is something outside of the physical realm. Physical items are, are, are vibrating at a slow vibrationary pa pattern or frequency. Hence, we can see them. We speed that up. Everything is, is vibrating, the molecules. Yes. Well, yeah. again, through modes of perception, nothing... Nothing is solid, right? Mm -hmm. We think this table's solid, but you know these these molecules, these atoms are moving constantly, and it's just like our our modes of perception that make us think that things are solid. So, there, I mean, like, again, there's so much more going out outside, going on outside of our level of perception. I, that's why I, I find that stuff really, really fascinating. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's I, I love the three dimensional realm. I love this life, um, but I can't wait to get to the other destination. Well, you need to have on my boy, Matt LaCroix, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of his work, a recent book called The Stage of Time. Ancient civilizations, ancient technology, the fact basically that civilizations have come and gone multiple times over thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. And there's been this huge concerted effort, if you will, to keep the true nature of who we are a secret. So we can just be these, basically, like you're saying, like just 3D based, you know, there's nothing going on outside the world around us, but they were, they were hip to so much more um back in the day and access to so much more technology etc and yeah it's it's really really fascinating stuff and it just helps me understand that you know this is a the the war of the direction of humanity goes back eons and eons going back to ancient ancient times but mm -hmm. there is a reason why they keep us so quote unquote stupid and keeping up with the kardashians and willing to trample other human beings for black friday sales and keep us vibrating on this low, low yes. level, you know, frequency of just base chakra level. level. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's a reason for that. They don't want us to know how dope we are, which is why I think in no disrespect to anybody who's really, I mean, that's why we get so many of these simple stories about the origin of man. And, you know, we, you know, again, I know disrespect, but the whole, like we were born sinners, the original sin condemned man forever. And the only way to get out of that is to believe Jesus is the man. And I, I, I enjoy Jesus. I like Jesus. I think Jesus was an actual person. I think Jesus was well in tune and tapped into this, this ancient understanding of who we really are, which is why they had to kill him. That's my humble opinion, if he even existed. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, Well, if we look at the root words, as I love to do, look at the root, root word of religion comes from religio, Latin, bind, restrain, hold back, cut off. Mm. So... Based upon that description, the, 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 the modern term in English, <laughs> it, it fits it to a, to a letter. The, yeah. the book, if, if people was just to go to the original source, forget these, these so-called imams, these prophets or you know, elders, I mean, not prophets, it's, they're called themselves elders, yeah. um, priests, bishops, forget, forget that. When two or more are gathered in my name, that is church. So there is not a physical building. You read the right. book, you interpret it, you take the principles out, you know, because there's lots of good principles in there. Take the, the fables um, yeah. <laughs> and all that yeah. kind of stuff out. Take that out and look at the Levitical law, look at marriage law, look at how to treat your neighbor and your brother and all the stuff that if we, we all as, as, the, as humanity and as mankind um, lived or tried to live by just some basic rules I think we could all survive um, a lot more coherently, um, even with the different ethnicities, even though we've got different tribes and different locations, stuff like just basic common decency and morality. I think yes. you can get out of that. 
Um, yeah, without a doubt. That's, I, I, would, I describe myself as a golden rule person as well. And despite whatever differences we have, I mean, you look at it throughout the world. We have so much more in common than we do different. And if we just looked at it from that standpoint of just, you know, do unto others. It sounds almost corny, but that's literally like the, the silver bullet, if you will. I mean, it's just, you just treat people how you want to be treated and we wouldn't, and that's the thing, you know, not to get back into it, but because of our tribalism, because of our differences, we use that to justify not being able to adhere to that very, very simple rule. I can't, I can't hang out with you, dude, because you don't accept Jesus as your personal mm. savior. You don't believe X, Y, Z. It's like, really? Can't we talk about how great our kids are doing in school and how, you know, we want the best for them and, you know, just the basic shit, really? The, it's whatever. It's, it sucks because it's such extraneous external nonsense. It, yeah. uh it makes us forget just you know like like we're saying we're just we're just all floating around on this fucking rock man and we just happen to manifest these certain avatars but that doesn't change the fact that we're all infinite conscious awareness a part of something way bigger than we are you you clearly um read and watch a lot of david ike right <laughs> I, i've been a fan of ike for a while yeah we actually interviewed him not too long ago last year maybe a year and a half ago that was that was a score excellent yeah. <laughs> so you one off the bucket list man you've got the great mr mr ike or icky as the americans call yeah, him no i when he came on man it was <laughs> i think something had happened i mean he's people who are paying attention have his work has been vindicated a long time so i'm like when he comes on i'm like thank you sir i know you probably i pulled you off the track you know doing your victory laps I'm like <laughs> i appreciate you taking the time because he's you know, except for the whole shape. I mean, I don't go with the shape shifting reptilian. That's cool. That's a cool little thing. I love it. I love it. It, it is. It, it is. And again, anything is fucking possible. But my certain considerations suggest that I, I don't know. Anyway, he's he's with the nature of reality and the power structure of of you know globalism, etc. I mean, he's he's been fucking spot on with all that shit. So I was that's why I was really stoked to talk to him. You um, eat the meat and spit out the bones. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, it's like with um, Mr. Jones. Alex? He's, yeah, Alex. He's he's a, a a lovely, entertaining character. A lot of his information is correct, but a lot of it is just folly. Well, no, no, not a lot of it. Some of it is just pure folly and entertainment, and 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 you know. Well, whatever it's called, like uh, conspiratainment, if you will. And <laughs> That's I'm, a new I mean, one. I've heard that before. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the whole old term, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Mm -hmm. There's something about kind of being entertaining while also feed, sending you information about fucking fire and brimstone and how bad shit is. That's an art to be able to do that. Yeah. My boy Sam Tripley, stand-up comic, he's host the Tinfoil Hat Podcast. He's great at it. You know, he'll add a little bit of humor in the fact that this is a transhumanist, you know, a eugenics agenda. Because <laughs> it can't always be, it can't always be... Oh, I think I'm breaking up again. No, no, you're coming through. You're coming through. Oh, okay. It, it can't just always be, because that's kind of our show. I mean, we we go hard and we have great guests on and we really don't fuck about. So it's, uh, I, I kind of, I've tried, tried to bring some levity to it here and there, but at the end of the day, they're really pretty, you know, serious. It's, it, and it, exactly. It is hard. I mean, Sam's his, his own character and that he's, he's good at 
you know, interjecting, uh, you know, penis jokes into stuff and <laughs> yeah. was it big booty Houston strippers and all these kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> it can be a bit cringeworthy at times, but that's, the, you know, that's Sam for you, you know, we, we all have our idiosyncrasies, we all have our personalities and love them for or sure. hate them, you know, that, that that's who we are as people. Um, trustfully, you know, when we do step out of, you know, out of boundaries or out of line, um, we have a, a, a good support circle around us to say, whoa, you might want to <laughs> slow down a little bit on that yes. talk of it. <laughs> yeah, I opened up for him this weekend. He was here in St. Louis. Oh, yes. I remember him saying. He yeah, he's at the Helium Comedy Club. So I did a couple nights with him. It was fun. I'm not a stand-up comic, but I'm, I, I like that world, man. I like public speaking. I like talking, but the pressure to try to be funny is a little nerve-wracking, but it's, it's fun, man. We had a good how, time. How did it go? How, did, how, how long was you up for? Uh, I only did about 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes between five and 10. Yeah. I was just kind of the guest spot guy to bring him up. Warm, warm the crowd up. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, well, we, yeah, we had our, we had our MC doing that, but he just, I mean, he's, he's just, is like, Hey man, you want to do five, 10 minutes just cause I've talked to him about doing it before. I mean, he's just really supportive like that. You know what I mean? He's very generous, obviously with his time, stage time. And so it was just cool, man. I love Sam. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's he's entertaining man, definitely. Mr. Tripoli. <laughs> and 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 Tim as well. Tim's entertaining as well. But I I I tend not to watch a lot of his 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 podcasts. Tim Pool? Oh, no, um Tim Dillon. Oh, Tim Dillon, okay. Yeah. yeah. I like when he just I think he's a he's a funny guy, but I like I like when he just sticks to the information and just just fires all the all the because he's got a, a mind full of all of these dates and information and stuff, which like the Nazis and all this kind of stuff. I like when he just, just yeah. fires that stuff off. Yeah, I'm a huge I mean he's had a great year, man. He's uh I just started kind of following him not too long ago and he's been on with Joe with Alex Jones and him and yeah, yeah he's funny. He's super funny. Definitely, definitely. That's why it's so sad, man, talking to my boy Sam and all those guys who did, you know, basically made their living off stand-up because of this COVID shit. It's like, it's so disruptive. Their I mean, like many people, it's disrupted their ability to make a living because comedy places are closed. Like when the one we did this weekend, there was no, you couldn't, there was no food available, no booze available. It's just like, who wants to come out to a dry comedy club? What? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, so it's like, what, what's the reasoning behind not serving any food? Wouldn't that be a way of getting around the restrictions of doing that? Well, I mean, everyone's, you know, sensibility on it is different and Helium's a, you know, corporate franchise on all throughout the country or whatever. But I, I, I think they just figured that that might have been increasing levels of exposure to serve food and drink. I mean, I don't know how the hell they're making money, but it's, it's so counterintuitive. I, I commentate and I call combat sports here uh, for this promotion here in the U.S. and our last event a few weeks ago. Which which promotion? I wasn't I was unaware uh, of these, Jeffrey. No, that's all right. Caged aggression MMA, man. I I call it with Pat and um one of his former students at the military's fighting system, Jens Pulver. He was the first lightweight uh feather. He was the first champion in one of the weight divisions, and obviously Pat was the first welterweight. Anyway, so we had oh. our last event a few weeks ago, and they didn't have. They already had restrictions of. They could seat about three thousand people. They could only bring in like three hundred. Whoa. And then the the week of the fights, Governor Kim Reynolds basically shut it down and canceled it. But then Mike went to bat with some lawyers and stuff. So he was able to get the fight still going, still with only 300 plus people, but he couldn't serve food or drink. So he, good thing, we have a great team together that put together a pay-per-view platform. So we were able to, actually, this was our third event. September, we had one. October, we had one. November was our last. And we had pay-per-view going for all of them. So we, we basically 
increased our numbers each month so that was a way to kind of make up for the loss yeah. of the gate but it was crazy and that's just happening kind of well will that be available for, for for general consumption after a period of time or um it's already up there if you go to cage aggression mma on youtube um our latest i think all of the events here this past summer september october november are up there now is two nights so we had a friday and saturday uh night uh card of fights each each one of those events so september october november we got a two night thing going and we'll get back to it in march god Excellent. willing and yeah, yeah, so it's fun, man. We've I've always wanted to do that. I've always been into MMA and combat sports and professional wrestling. I've called some of that too. So it was good, man. It was the cool. Old, the old wrestling. <laughs> oh, dude, that's my thing. On my other show, on my on my the show that started it out for me. That's how I got on Pat's radar. I mean, I've known Pat, but my show it's me speaking to you. If you guys want to go check that out, we are. Um, I set up kind of a network over on Rockfin and some of our other rss feeds called that podcast network so we got the conspiracy farm another show called everything combat which we've interviewed like george foreman mma people the premise of it wow. really is um because life is a fight so anybody's gone through some shit to get to the next level and then my show it's me speaking to you um it's kind of a hashtag it's me spk and the number two the letter u but i've had on kamala the ugandan giant don't know kamala! if you know him, he just died hacksaw jim duggan i had on pat pat was my first guest a lot of MMA veterans and, you know, UFC veterans and WWE Hall of Famers. And it's more of a, the premises of a variety of guests discussing yeah. a variety of issues. Really more, like you're I saying, like, like your show. Hey, lighthearted. Jeff, have you had Sensational Sari on? She's dead, but no, I haven't. Oh, she's, that's just nice, she. She died about 10 years ago, yeah. OD, of course. No. Damn. It's, I always it's, thought she was hot, dude. Was a, I don't know what it was. As a child, listen, you you're bringing it back, man. And that's why I brought you <laughs> up because as a little one, uh, <laughs> she was one of the best women on there. Man. Oh, man. I mean, she was a good worker, too. She's a great uh, manager. Great, uh, great manager. Yeah. Yeah. Good old sensational Sherry. Damn. Rising Paradise is sensational. I was totally unaware of that. I watched one of her interviews, maybe just as lockdown started, actually. I was just looking at some wrestling interviews and stuff and stumbled across hers. It yeah, seems she... that that sport is riddled with so much pain and and and, and suffering inside yeah, the I ring, outside the ring. I was just talking to a friend. I, I was a huge technically a mark. You know, as a kid, you watch it for, you know, it's real. God damn it, it's real. But then, you know, obviously as you get older, and that's why I love watching these shoot interviews. I'm a huge fan of Jim Cornette's show, the Jim Cornette Experience and the drive-through mm. where they just ask questions. As a kid, obviously, you know, as an adult, you obviously know it's horseshit. But looking back and hearing the ins and outs of some yeah. of these great moments and road stories and just behind-the-scenes stuff where you understand the business side of it, not so much the show. Yeah, you're right, man. I and mean, it's just like the toll on these guys' bodies and back in the day, the territories and the roads and the miles they would drive and just like wrestling injured and doing the same thing every night for like 350 days a year. It's, and that's something how the body breaks down. As a child, as you say, as a child, I didn't understand. I thought that these guys were like fighting, you know, well, wrestling and uh, maybe like twice or three times a month. They were, they were having like back to, they were in Florida, Pensacola, do AM doing a fight, an event. And then in the night, they were going to another part of Florida and doing an event. Yeah, was... no, exactly. well, no, yeah that's uh, listen to Jim Cornette. He's like, they would be in like a day show, two, two o'clock show in wherever, hop on Jim Crockett's plane, fly to, didn't even change clothes, didn't even get out of the wrestling. It would fly to wherever and barely make the show. It's absolutely insane during the territory days, how much travel these guys mm. 
and just and, Yeah, so those guys would get off work at like, you know, they'd get done with the matches like 10, 11 o'clock and they'd literally go get like a case of beer and then drive to wherever, you know, four or 500 miles, 300 miles, whatever it is. It was always different. But before the interstate days, they'd hit the highway, man. It's driving down the road, smoking weed and sitting under some of the younger guys coming up. They would be able to sit under the learning tree riding with like a, you know, Harley race, Dick, yeah. Mar whatever, just some of the veterans where you just don't have that anymore. Obviously, the businesses that we knew is dead but mm. just hearing the stories man the territory days and again a lot of the behind the scenes politics and just you know shit that went down that you just had no freaking clue of it i just find it it's so very fascinating and it's almost again a metaphor for kind of reality in life we see th certain things one way at a certain point in time in our life but as we get older or whatever as we get more information we just mm. see that very same thing in a completely different light totally. it doesn't take away the shine from it but it just gives you that 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 insight that's like Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've still got my, I've still got my Hulk Hogan action doll. I got my, um, <laughs> what have I got? I got, Ju I've got, um, Jimmy Valentine. I've got one of the rockers, Marty Greg the rocker. Valentine. Greg yes. Valentine. Yes. Greg Valentine. Uh, I got all my cards. Remember the superstar cards? I still got oh all of them. Oh my gosh, bro. You're going back. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Digging in the crates, man. I got them. I got, I've got, I've got literally ones I used to, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I used to do with them, to be fair. And I had another one that another box with, and I never used to touch them. So they're like in pristine condition, kind of thing. I was like a little nerd back then, man. <laughs> oh God, dude! I only I, I was able to. I only had two of them. I had Hulk Hogan, and I had Andre the Giant. And the fucking wars those two would have under my watch, dude. I, I remember I got told of my sister's red fingernail polish and busted Andre open. His face is all red. I remember even, <laughs> I remember even a cigarette burn in in Hulk Hogan's side. I mean, I just used to go ham with that shit. That, those are such the great old days, man. I, I honestly, I love watching those shoot interviews and some old school stuff. Cause it's like, especially now, you just want that slice of of yesteryear. It's like when it was I no you, worries. Yeah, tell me about it. The, the good old days, man. The good old days. Yeah. The, mo the most you had to worry about is having a good pair of trainers to go to school with. Now is it? Yeah, you know, is, is my chain going to fall off my dirt bike again? You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> but it's, it's cool, man. Like being able to commentate and, you know, St. Louis, I mean, I don't know how far you go back with wrestling, but the National Wrestling Alliance was, yes. you know, where Ric Flair, yeah. So they were headquartered out of St. Louis, which is where I was, I live now. And I was just able to meet, you know, guys like Larry Matisic, who was the announcer for Wrestling at the Chase, which is an, you know, an iconic mm. show for wrestling. So I was able to meet and interview him and, just you know have that you know that privilege and that pleasure of being able to pick some of these guys brains from something i was so so into as a kid the fink is he's he's not with us anymore is he he just, howard finkel just passed away a couple months ago okay yeah. yeah pat patterson just died well and that's the cool thing i'm sorry i've lost my train of thought but uh one of my favorites as a kid was manny fernandez the raging bull not a, maybe not a lot of people know who he is but um he was he, in jim crockett promotions but he came here to st louis you know how these guys still mm. wrestle still or make appearances so he he came and hang out we, we hung out and i'm like dude after the matches we had a fucking few beers i'm like damn dude i'm sitting there having fucking beers with manny fernandez <laughs> i was marking out like a champ it was awesome i can imagine <laughs> i tell you what you um who was the last name you just mentioned he, um, manny fernandez no just before that uh wrestler he, no the uh, yeah uh, for pa patterson Oh yeah, Pat Patterson. He just—I mean, 
about all the controversy and uh, being in the UK, I didn't see any of this. Nothing about the steroids, number one. I didn't see a yeah, lick yeah. of that over here. But the flipping homosexual stuff, man, what on oh, yeah, earth? I just, I just, again, I listen to Jim Cornette like all too often. And so he was, he just did a show talking about his passing. So you had your ring boy scandal back in the day yes. with this guy, Mel Phillips, I think yes, his name was. Yes, Mel maybe. Phillips, that crazy bug eye looking dude. Yeah, yeah. And Terry Garvin, who apparently had, you know, I see, and I don't know. I, I'm a cynical fucker in my mind. If if one of them's doing it, they're all doing it. But supposedly, according to Jim Cornette, he kind of just got, Pat kind of just got caught up in it because he was the only other gay guy. So I don't know of any actual allegations against Pat in, mm-hmm. in specific. I have no idea. And I would hate to just lump him in just because. Oh, yes, yes. But 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 again, for for me, I I, I know, just just thinking about it, bring it going back to my childhood and stuff. I just, I I mean, back then they were, you know, we'd call that kind of stuff fairy, that you were a fairy, fairy boy or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I I couldn't put two and two together. I, I was like, what? They're wrestling in tights and stuff. And then yeah. <laughs> some of them are like forcing other people to do things to them. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, honestly, it, again, as you get older and you start hearing some of these backstories, like professional wrestlers are fucking freaks, dude. Yeah. Whether he's gay or not. Like, there's a story about fucking Harley Race, man, after the matches, case of beer, flying down a fucking highway. He's been in two car, multiple car accidents, boat accident. His wife was killed in a car accident that he was in. He's driving down the fucking street, pounding beers, smashing a midget. He's fucking a midget while he's driving. What? Yes, dude. He's fucking, and a, and a cop pulled him over. And they like, yeah, guys like Tony Atlas. I don't know if you know Tony Atlas. Yes. Big fucking muscle. Yes. He likes when people walk on him. He likes when people walk, when chicks walk on his face, like barefoot, like just walk on his fucking face. I mean, they're just, it's, that's what also I find so fascinating about that world. You have, basically grown men, maybe a little bit of, uh, what's the call, arrested development to some yes. degree. They never, they're, they're making shit tons of money. They're fucking freaks. They're superstars, some of them. And I know a lot of wrestlers who are super even keeled, so I'm not trying to generalize all professional wrestlers. But on a whole, those fuckers were just wild. That's yeah. why they all died so, you know, so goddamn mm. early, because they were just doing everything. Yes. You know? But I, again, I just, Michael Hayes said one time, he's like, you know, what is it? Uh, it's better to have a good time because a bad time is a waste of time. And, you know, he was a member of the Freebirds, and two of the three of those Freebirds are dead. So it's like, yeah. But it's just a fascinating world. And again, it like is. going back to kind of the sexual proclivities, you would just hear, you would hear crazy shit. <laughs> you hear some of these student <laughs> interviews, you hear crazy shit about some of the shit these guys did. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought his gimmick was the preacher or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Know. <laughs> just, just get turned up but that's again of the beautiful of like having your mind fucked like man reality is just not what i thought it was mm. granted and i i want to write a book one day it's called it's all wrestling because you can almost extrapolate so much life shit reality shit from oh, yeah. professional wrestling 100%. How, you know so much is a work like everyone thinks it's real or you know whether you're 10 like oh my god he's being the shit out of him <laughs> and it, you know you just get older and you find out how much of the work is in play and you see that just throughout a lot of aspects of our life. <laughs> like, you know, I've just had a flashback. You know when they used to throw them into the turnbook and then jump on top of them and then look at the crowd and then start pounding on them and they used to count, yeah. one, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which, is, which, is a, which is weird because when I was a kid and I thought it was real still, you can't be on the ropes longer than five seconds. So I'm like, without getting disqualified. So how do you get to 10 yeah. without getting disqualified? I'd be like, what the fuck, ref, do your job. 
it's 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 all fun and games, man. It's all fun and games, and it's it's made us the people who we are today, man. All all these experiences, all that stimuli, all that. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Fun and games, yes. So, um, Jeffrey, have you had um fun tonight? I've had a great time, man. I appreciate the conversation, man. This is a little bit of. I got crazy shit going on in my world like everyone else. And it's good to have a little bit of levity here with the chat with you, my friend. Definitely. Definitely. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, sir. Um, one last question before we, uh, before we depart. Um, we've had a pretty detailed conversation. I know your name, Jeffrey Wilson. So tell me who you are, but don't tell me your name. I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a player of the game, so game on. Short and sweet, <laughs> like it. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually the little tag I have on my Facebook page. So hey, I'm you cheated! <laughs> <laughs> you knew that no, was I coming? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't, but Remy, real talk, dude, I mean, I just try to have humble pie on my plate at all times of the day. We are mm. all works in progress, Yeah. and, you know, our shit does stink, regardless of what the fuck you think. Hopefully, you know, there's no such thing as failures or mistakes in the world, just opportunities to learn. Because again, you know, we're all works in progress, man. So we're all trying to just do the best each day, man. Sounds sounds corny, but that's what it is, man. Oh, definitely. For me anyway. Yes, indeed. I 100% I agree. Growth and development is on the cards. And that's what should well, be on and, everyone's and cards. And that's a huge, you know, much as they talk about the grand reset, politically, financially, socially, if we don't take this time during this absolute fucking madness to utilize this, regardless of what you think about that world, if you can't look at this as some way to spiritually reset or just reset yourself, I don't know what the fuck more needs to take you to realize, you know, mm. like you said, we, we got to evolve to just be better people, man, because, uh, yeah. There's not much time isn't rewinding. Time is going forward. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not at all. This hopefully is helping to remind us of that. Most definitely. And, and I, I know everyone heard that last statement, but trustfully, they was listening. And not only listening, but they're going to try and apply some of that within their own life. Um, <clears throat> it starts with us, man. The world we see together yes. is just simply the byproduct of what we've allowed to accept, what we do. You know, the, the, they say, be the change we want to see in the world. I mean, that's it. The only reason, yeah, it's uh, it starts with us, man. It starts with us. Like I was saying earlier, there's nobody coming to save you. So save yourself. The man in the mirror from the immortal words of uh, the king of pop, Michael Jackson. That's where it starts, baby. <laughs> Definitely. Hey, um, Jeffrey, what's the best place for people to get hold of you? Throw out all your social medias and stuff. Um, on Twitter, I am um, at I'm Jeffrey Wilson, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. We are on Rockfin at That Podcast Network. You can just punch that in, and that's our RSS feed now. Um, most of that was just our Conspiracy Farm page, but we've added more shows. Like I said, I'm creating a network, and we're going to be adding other shows to our network. So That Podcast Network on Rockfin, on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all the good stuff. So. Yeah, we kind of switch it up a little bit because, again, for me, man, doing the whole fire and brimstone all the time can get a little exhausting. I love doing the conspiracy farm, but I also like having kind of conversations like this where it can go anywhere. High, low, dark, light. Yes. We got that over there, too. Totally. And I'll make sure I put all links down below. If you're not already subscribed to uh, CFR News Network or CFR Sports, do so. And if you haven't already checked out Jeffrey. Go on to the YouTube, go on to Rockfin, go into the social medias. Um, he is available and does um, converse. 
Like, Absolutely. subscribe, comment, and most definitely share.